Welcome back to Talking Headlines and a Merry, Merry Christmas to all of you. I hope you guys are all having a great Christmas. I didn't want to leave you high and dry this holiday. So we are here for some headlines. <laughs> but first, I want to address the issues going on right now. Unfortunately, I had to postpone my surprise until after the holidays. Everything's crazy right now. I've been working really hard on this. And you know, some things, they just don't go as planned the first time you do it. So you gotta keep doing it again and again. And that's what I'm gonna do because I don't wanna come out with anything that's going to disappoint you people because I love you guys. And so, yeah, we are going to be postponing the surprise date. That's still gonna be a surprise. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna forget about y'all. I'm not gonna forget about it, but. You know, for somebody who's not very tech savvy and I'm doing tech things, it's just, it's taking me a little longer to grasp all of this stuff. And like I said, I'm not going to get it perfect the first time, but by the time it comes out, y'all, it's going to be perfect. So that's what's going on with that. Let's do some Christmassy stuff. Regardless of whether you like Mariah Carey or not, we can all agree that All I Want for Christmas is You is an absolute banger. We can all assume that she makes bank every Christmas and probably doesn't have to work the rest of the year. But I decided to Google it, and this is what came up. On average, Carrie earns around $3 million each holiday season from All I Want for Christmas is You. That sum goes way up during the years when Carrie performs Christmas concerts and tours, as well as when and if she does holiday specials and product endorsements. So I guess the answer is put out a Christmas song that absolutely slaps and just live off that for the rest of the year. Excuse me while I go take voice lessons. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, that's insane. This woman literally from one song never has to work again a day in her life just because everybody plays that song during Christmas. It's a, That's amazing. That is fucking goals. Like all of her songs could literally not exist and she'd still be so fucking rich. It's not even funny. Although her one song came back, uh, Obsessed. Why are you so obsessed with me? That song was popular on TikTok. And they had like a whole dance to it. I remember the kids I used to coach were trying to teach me that freaking dance. But um, yeah, I mean, good for her. I mean, I want to be that, but good for her. Okay. The next article just kind of blew my mind. I talked about this on the Patreon. Go subscribe. Patreon.com slash talking headlines for exclusive content. Things I will not talk about on the open internet has to be behind a paywall in order for me to exploit my life like that. But I talked about this. Uh, this isn't so terrible that I can't put it out on the internet. You know, it's, you know. It does, this doesn't need to be behind a paywall, so I am going to talk about it on here because I, it just blew my mind, honestly. Like, this needs to be out on the mainstream internet. So, this is an article from CNN Style. It says, Gen Z is already worried about looking old. Influencer Emma Brooks never really worried about aging until she turned 20. Girl, you're still a child at 20. I'm sorry. I started freaking out, she said. I look different than I did two years ago. How am I going to look in five years? Sweetheart, sweetheart, sweetheart. <laughs> Calm down. It's going to be okay. And I know, 
I know it's real rich coming from me because people in bars and liquor stores, they ID me like I'm going to hand them a fake one. And they look at my birthday and they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah. So I know that this whole thing, everybody's going to be like, well, coming from her, she looks like she's 19. I'm like, yes, I know. I understand. However, I look like I'm fucking 19 and I'm not doing any of this shit that these guys are doing. So it says, though the oldest among them is around 26, Gen Z is already anxious about looking older. Prevention rather than correction has become the status quo. They're opting for makeup products with anti-aging benefits like fine line reduction and SPF protection, which is important. SPF production or protection is very, very important so that you don't get sun damage on your face. Uh. And 70% use anti-aging serums daily. According to intelligence from Circana, Botox, oh, from Circana, yeah, from Circana. Botox startup Peachy said Gen Z is its fastest growing cohort. Earlier this year, in a dramatic example of the trend, a TikTok titled Things I Do to Slow the Aging Process as a 14-year-old went viral, which is so incredibly sad that a girl at 14 is worried about aging. Girl. You should not be worried about aging. You should be worried about your grades. Uh, There was a video that I saw a while back and this girl like did not move her face. Like she taught herself how to quote, I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me quote smile without moving her face. Like, you know, when you hear smile with your eyes, it's the same thing. And there's like new straw inventions where it's just like a like a wide mouthpiece so that you don't purse your lips so that you don't get wrinkles. And I'm like, listen, here's the deal. We're all going to get old at some point. We're all going to be old and wrinkly. It's bound to happen. But living your life without moving your face because you're worried about getting old is maybe not the way to go. I'm going to not recommend that because we're all going to be 70 and wrinkly. Hopefully we're all going to be 70. I don't know. At some point, you know, and then you spend your life doing all of these things instead of just enjoying your life and being self-conscious about your wrinkles and spending money on anti-aging creams that probably don't work. Um, I don't know the science behind anti-aging creams, but I'm going to go ahead and say they don't work because you're going to age anyway. Unless you're like me and you have really good genetics. Thank you, mom and dad. Much appreciated. I'm not going to gray until I'm like 50 something. But the thing about it is, is I feel like (laughs) not that I was the wrong person to get the anti-aging genetics because I don't really care about getting old. Like I was excited to turn 30. I do not care that I have wrinkles. This girl that I used to be friends with, she pointed it out. She's like, oh, you're starting to get wrinkles here, there. I have wrinkles. We need to go get Botox. I'm like, girl, no. Uh, if you guys are old enough, or it doesn't matter if you're old enough or not, look up the episode of the show, My Wife and Kids. It was a sitcom back in the day. It was the Potox episode. And he has this face that's like permanently like the creepiest smile you've ever seen in your life. That's what I think of when I think of Botox is the Potox. And it literally like it's so uh, I don't know, like you can always tell when somebody has Botox, like they just look fake. They look plastic. 
And that's just, and, and they can do, other people can do whatever they want. Don't get me wrong. But I personally, I don't like the look, so I'm not going to do it. Like just modif- like body uh, modifications, I guess. Not like tattoos or piercings because I have plenty of those. But like surgical procedures and stuff. Like, you know, I could, I could get breast implants if I really wanted to. I don't have big boobs, but um, I don't want to because I watched an episode of TLC. Was it TLC? No, it was like MTV's um, True Life. And this girl got really sick off her breast implants. So it's like, you know what? Just live the natural life. I don't even wear makeup a lot of the time. Like all my clips that you guys see on Instagram and YouTube and Snapchat are just me. That's my face. I don't filter. I don't care enough. So while I do have good genetics, I just don't particularly. This is not something in life that bothers me. I'd prefer to have a career. I'd prefer this podcast to start you know, popping off more and more every time I post something like that would be nice. That's the stuff I'm worried about. But anyway, it says this generation is taking on the skincare routine of someone older, said Larissa Jensen, beauty industry advisor at Circana. Not even, no, now even when 20 somethings come to the dermatologist and beauty brand founder, Loretta Ciraldo, Ciraldo, For other concerns like breakouts, most end up steering the conversation towards aging. Thanks to Instagram, TikTok, and of course, Zoom. Of course, Zoom. I guess because everybody's working from home. I don't know. Where's a work from home job? I want one of those. People are spending more time than ever looking at their own faces. Online, they share routines aimed at preventative aging, encompassing everything from applying retinoids, vitamin C, and sunscreen to wearing face tape at night and getting baby Botox. These people are like taping their faces at night so that they don't wrinkle in their sleep. Um, and baby Botox in an attempt to prevent lines forming in the first place. Searches and social buzz surrounding Botox, dermal fillers, and retinol increased 63% this year, said the retail intelligence platform Trend. Oh, Trendalytics. I thought that was going to be a harder word to pronounce. Uh, yeah, so the only thing, I will out myself, the only thing that I considered getting as far as injections in my face was the... Um, what is it's like mess the mess mess something with it where they in it's like mess mess secular or something um where they inject your masseters that's what it is masseter injections where they inject your masseters in your jaw and it uh defines your face because it relaxes the muscles in your jaw if you clench that's the only thing i will consider getting and it's not for it's not for like looks or per, uh or like vanity it's for the fact that i can i'm literally feeling my face right now like my masseter muscles are like really really tight and it i can feel and they stick out and that's probably not healthy so that is probably the only thing I would consider getting. And it's just to relax my jaw muscles because I'm stressed all the time and I clench. Like that's about as far as I'm going to go. I'm not going to get Botox. You can talk to me in 20 years. I still won't have Botox. I'll still probably look like I'm only 30. So um, Gen Z's early appetite for anti-aging beauty has created an opportunity for brands to tap into a consumer they historically haven't considered. Yeah. Like who's considering a 14 year old for anti-aging? That's bizarre said rich gersten co-founder of true beauty ventures efficacy fast results and cost are front of mind for the group obviously because they are like still in college or high school it's just so sad 
that these girls are so worried about aging and it just comes from society being like oh you look old you're not attractive oh she's aging like aging is just not a cool thing for women like when men it's just it's bullshit because when men age they're silver foxes and they're you know salt and pepper and they're more mature and they're whatever but when women age everybody's like ew gross she's older ew she's already had kids she let herself go and that's a big reason why i work out and take care of myself is because i don't want my future husband to be like oh she let herself go oh she's aging oh this oh that and don't get me wrong nobody that i would ever bind myself by law to will ever say that ever which is why i'm still single because i'm not settling for that bullshit but it's so ingrained in your brain that when you're a woman and you get older you start your your level of attractiveness starts to go down and therefore you are devalued because you are no longer attractive because you're aging and that is really fucking sad because here's why when i was younger i didn't know my ass from a hole in the damn wall and now that i'm older i like myself more i'm smarter i make better decisions i know more i've experienced more and that is way cooler than having some young thing you know i mean everybody's young fine but as far as these guys who stop dating women after a certain age which is fucking gross number one older women are awesome younger women are great too but older women like for how devalued we they are we are awesome because we know more, we're smarter, we're more experienced, we love ourselves. Like, I'm going to out my, fr- I'm not going to say his name or anything. I'm not going to out, like, I'm going to out my friend, but I'm not going to say his name. Uh, but one of my really good friends, he dated a girl who was a lot younger than him. And the other night he was telling me that she was so insecure. She hid her face, she hid her boobs, she hid everything. And she just would always say, Oh, I don't like this about myself. Oh, I don't like that about myself. Oh, I don't like this about myself. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him and I'm like, number one, this poor girl, she's so young. She's still in the insecure phase of her life that we all go through. We all go through it. And, you know, somebody's phase lasts longer than another person's. But when you're older, you kind of just don't fucking care anymore. (laughs) Like at this point, we've accepted that we don't have big tits or we don't have a symmetrical face. Like when I smile, one of my eyes, my, my lazy, my muscle, my muscle lazy eye, it doesn't cross. Okay. My sight and muscle lazy eye, my left eye, uh, closes more and it's weird in pictures, but the older I get, the less I care about it. And there's always the, everybody has something they don't like about themselves, but The older you get, the less you fucking care about any of that. And that's what I was trying to tell him, like, got to date girls that are older, like your age, because they don't give a fuck about any of that. Like, (laughs) you know, and they understand that guys like if they're if a guy is with a girl, he's not looking at all of her insecurities unless he's a royal piece of shit. That's just not happening. So it's just sad, honestly, that 14 to 20 year olds 
like that young of an age are thinking about anti-aging. Like I, when I was 14, honest to God, (laughs) I did not think I would age. I thought I was Peter Pan. Like I did not think past high school because everything was so automatic. I just didn't think about the future. So the fact that these girls are so into this anti-aging stuff, and I'm telling you, especially now that that demographic is really into anti-aging, all these brands are going to come out with all of these creams and they're not going to do anything. I remember when I was younger, there was a cellulite cream for your, there's still a cellulite cream for your, the backs of your legs, but there was a specific one. I think it was on a commercial. It was really popular or whatever. I bought it. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Okay. You know, The only thing, unfortunately, that might work is not moving your face and not making facial expressions. But why would you do that? (laughs) Why would you live your life not making facial expressions because you're afraid of getting old? That's so sad. Like, it's so sad. And it's not even these girls' faults. That's the thing. It's society's fault for putting this whole women are gross as they get older thing onto us. I'm sorry. I'm the hottest I've ever been. So whoever says older women are gross can go ahead and suck my whole left nut. That is not fucking true. So (laughs) okay. So the rest of the article, it goes on to say, let's see, we're scrolling. We scrolling. Gen Z wants to slow down the aging process rather than correct problems later. Said, oh I'm, my God, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this name. Said Diala Haikal. I tortured the fuck out of that. A Paris-based dermatologist. The age group's popularization of prejuvenation, only instead of like rejuvenation, prejuvenation procedures that focus on prevention represents the most significant change in the cosmetic dermatology in the past two decades, she adds. It says brands are making more products to meet demand, which means they're just don't spend your money on these girls, women. If you are listening to this, which I know you are, I see my demographics. I'm talking to y'all. Do not buy into this bullshit. Getting older is not bad. Take it from somebody who was young and dumb and is now 30 and significantly less dumb. Aging and getting older and growing into yourself is amazing. It's really, truly. And I've only been 30 for less than a month, and there's a huge difference. Granted, I worked kind of hard to get here, but there's such a huge difference from when I was in my 20s. So, like, I I like myself. I like who I am. I, I've never really cared about what people think of me, but, like, the insecurities that I had in my 20s, like, don't exist anymore because I don't really care. You know, I'm more focused on living my life and, you know, having my friendships and taking a year off from dating or whatever I'm doing. You know, it's so cool to be older. And I'm so much smarter, so much smarter. And like I said, I'm currently at 30 years old. I am I'm 100 percent hotter than I was at 19. Guaranteed. I do not care what anybody says. I am hotter because I'm you know, like I said, I've grown into myself. So please don't buy into this. Don't waste your money on this trash that they're selling. Uh, this part I wanted to read. Paul Nassif. If you don't know who Paul Nassif is, you haven't watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, he is the, he's the, he's on Botched. He's the plastic surgeon on Botched and he's married to, or he was married to one of the housewives. I was watching Housewives for a while. Um, 
But it says Paul Nassif, a facial a facial plastic surgeon best known for his appearances on E series block botched. He said he's seen an uptick in younger people seeking out peels, facials, and occasionally a little laser instead of bringing pictures of celebrities when they come to consultation. Gen Z brings photos of themselves with a filter on. That made me really sad. That's like half the reason why I wanted to read that. That's sad. That social media filters are causing people to have insecurities about their face. It is really sad. There's um I uh I I use filters occasionally. I don't like to use them because when you if you've ever taken the filter off and then put it back on, you can see how it changes your face. It slims your face down. It makes you look like like a doll. It's weird. And so I don't personally like to use filters because I don't like the illusion that my face is perfect because it's not like I even tried. I was like, let's see for the clip from this episode. I tried to put a filter on it and I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I took it off because for me, being natural is just better like why am i presenting something that's fake because that's not who i am like i'm authentic this whole podcast is me being authentic that's why i wanted to do it and so it's sad that without like on top of the fact that we hear that older women are gross and letting themselves go and whatever we've got social media filters making us look like models and they bring them into the dermatologist and they're like, yeah, I want to look like this. The filter's not real. It's not real. It's like Photoshopping your body and then trying to work out and eat to look like the Photoshopped version of your body. It's not real. It's not possible. <sighs> okay. It says there's this idea of, in- of aging is a privilege. Let your hair go gray. Don't get Botox. Don't do all of these preventive measures. Yes, aging is a privilege, but living another year is aging. Showing wrinkles and having gray hair is not aging to me, said Hurl, Her, Herbler. I guess that was a quote from somebody, but it's like, yeah, living another year is aging. Like, you get older. This person is right. Like, aging is a privilege. I know so many people who didn't have the opportunity to age. And I'm sure they wish they could have that or they, you know, you know what I mean? But it's just sad. So like I said, I know my demographics. I I see who's listening. I don't see who is listening, but I see who's listening. Um please. Please, please, please take it from me. Do not buy these products. Do not buy into this bullshit. Aging is wonderful aging is great you're smarter you're probably better looking because you're growing into yourself do not buy into this bullshit it's just a ploy to make money and once they realized that younger girls were jumping on the train they were going to make so much money off of it that they're putting out every damn product in the book okay that's enough of that (laughs) it's about to get real uh, it's already been a little heated but it's about to get real interesting in here okay So, 
on to the next one. I uh, watched a video the other day and I learned about Southwest's customer of size extra seat policy. Now, this policy has been around for 30 years. This is not new. Okay. However, I don't like it. I don't like it. And is I I've heard to, I've heard different things like people of size really like the policy and people of size don't really like the policy. I don't really know. I don't really care. I'm just going to give you my opinion on it. So, the I'm on the southwest.com website looking at their policy and it says customers who encroach upon any of the neighboring seats may proactively purchase the needed number of seats prior to travel to ensure the additional seat is available. The armrest is considered to be the definitive boundary between seats. The width of the narrowest and the widest passenger seats in inches is available on our Flying Southwest page. The purchase of an additional seat serves as a notification of a special seating need and allows us to adequately plan for a number of occupied seats on board. Okay, that I do not have a problem with. It is uncomfortable to be on an airplane. I am not a customer of size. I am a rather small human being, and I am uncomfortable on an airplane. So I get it. I don't need an extra seat. However, I would like to buy some extra freaking legroom and I would like to purchase a bigger bathroom. That's what I want. But the part that does bother me is this. It also helps to ensure that we can accommodate all customers on the flight for which they purchased a ticket and avoid asking customers to relinquish their seats for an unplanned accommodation. That's the part I have a freaking problem with. Okay. So if a person of size goes and does not buy an extra seat, they buy the one seat, okay? And then they need an extra seat. The person who is in the seat that they could that the person of size could use as an extra seat is going to be asked to relinquish their seat. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, listen. If I was that person, I would absolutely lose my mind. Not in a screaming, yelling way, but just in a like, no, I will not relinquish my seat. I go to the gym every day. I take care of myself. I eat healthy. I count my calories. I do all these things. I am not, I paid for this ticket. I have just as much right to stay in the seat as this person does to stay in their seat. So do not ask me to relinquish my seat. I will not fly Southwest because of this policy. I'm just saying, I know they've had it for 30 years. I know it's not new, but I just found out about it. And thankfully, it's never happened. I used to fly Southwest all the time. But absolutely freaking not am I giving up my seat. I paid for the seat just as much as anybody else on this airplane. You are not going to ask me to relinquish my seat because somebody can't control their food intake. Sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I, me and a lot of other people I know, eat healthy. We take care of ourselves we we want to live longer. We want to age. Going back to the last article. The people who think that they are entitled to things because they are fat need a reality check. Honestly, they need a reality check. I don't believe that I'm entitled to things because I'm thin and I'm not fat. So why do you feel the need to be entitled to my seat because you're fat? That makes zero sense. Like I said, Airplanes are uncomfortable for everybody. 
There is not one, unless you're flying first class, there is not one single person out there that's going to be like, yeah, no, I love flying. I'm so comfortable. My legs aren't cramped. I can put my head down on the on the table tray perfectly comfortably in front of me and the bathroom is definitely big enough for me to fit in. Nobody ever said that. The last time I flew was in August and I tried to put my head down on the tray table in front of me to sleep and I was like I felt like the hunchback of Notre Dame. I like could not bend that way. And the I don't use the bathroom on airplanes. I don't I don't I do not drink. I take early I tell like I literally take early morning flights. I take off at like six o'clock in the morning. I don't have any liquids until I land. I get my coffee after the plane lands because there's no way I am squeezing my ass in that bathroom and I am not fat. <laughs> so it's like I'm sorry, but like get over yourselves. Get over yourselves. Like there's videos out there that I've seen that people are like or overweight people are like the the hotel hallways need to be bigger. The doctor's chairs need to be bigger. They need to not have armrests. The booths at the restaurant need to be bigger. The tables need to move to accommodate my size. The chairs need to be bigger. Everything needs to be bigger for me. It's like no. <laughs> That's not how the world works. I'm sorry. That's not how the world works. The world works like if you don't fit, you should probably lose some weight. That should be your first sign is if you're not fitting into a chair at a restaurant, you should probably rethink your choices in your life. Take some responsibility. It all comes down to personal responsibility. There was a like a show, I guess, or a, a what is it? Middle ground that Jubilee did that was like, is being fat a choice or whatever? And there was some interesting conversation on it. Go to YouTube, the Jubilee channel and watch it if you're interested. But it all comes down to taking personal responsibility for your choices. <clears throat> you made the choice to be fat. And let me tell you, let me tell you, because I was fat as a kid. Okay. My genetics, I am, I could be a 300 pounds if I let myself. I could be. And like, I always make the joke, I could look at a piece of chocolate cake and gain weight. It's, it's very true. However, I took my life and my weight and my eating habits into my own hands and I am not fat. I am probably underweight right now, but you know, it's like, I'm not a naturally thin human being. I will have thick thighs. It doesn't matter what weight I'm at. I will have thick thighs. Okay. My genetic makeup is me being a bigger human being, but I am not a bigger human being. That's where I get off telling you people to (laughs) make or telling you people as if you guys are all fat. You're not. I mean, and if you are, make better choices if you're unhappy. If you're not unhappy, that's fine. Live your life. Do you. But if you are unhappy, you take that into your own hands and you can make better choices. And this is not real rich coming from me because I did it. I did it. I have pictures to prove it. I can post them. It doesn't matter. I was able to combat my genetics and not be overweight as an adult. Does it take a lot of discipline? Yes. Does it take a lot of uh, being a little on the neurotic side? Yes, it does. (laughs) Does it take having some anxiety? Of course it does. But 
the biggest thing about it isn't the fact that I'm neurotic or that I have anxiety. It's the fact that I'm extremely disciplined to the point where people who don't really know me notice it. And I get told all the time, oh, gain weight or do this or whatever. You're too thin or you're too that. You need to gain weight. You need to do this. Why are you counting calories? Because that's what I do. Because if I didn't do that, I... Well, I am like a human garbage disposal when it comes to food. If I did not use my neuroses to make sure that I did not become overweight, I would become overweight so goddamn quickly you guys would blink and I'd be fat as hell. It's happened. I during COVID, I granted I wasn't able to go to the gym. I wasn't able to be outside or really do anything because of COVID. But I also had a desk job, so that's not, you know, that's on me for having the desk job. But I was 180 pounds. That's very, my heaviest weight up until that point was 160. I'm currently 132. So I've lost quite a bit of weight in the past couple months. And honestly, I like being smaller. Even my last relationship, he wanted me to gain weight. I was like, I don't really want to gain weight because I'm not uncomfortable when I'm heavier. I'm more comfortable. I can do more at the gym. I can move better. My clothes fit better when I'm lighter. So I was 180 pounds after COVID. Okay. And then I was not in them, but I was eating a lot more than I should have. And I was sitting at a desk all day and the gyms were closed. So I couldn't even really go to the gym. And during COVID, I tried to work out at home and I just stopped because it just wasn't the same. So that has nothing to do with the fact that, I mean, it has to do with my genetics, I guess, because like gene- I'm genetically just predisposed to be fat as fuck. But I was eating way more than I should have. I was sitting on my ass at my desk or whatever, and I wasn't going to the gym. That's what does it. So instead of having these companies make these policies where they're kicking a normal person, a normal sized person out of their seat for you, Why don't you take some personal responsibility and do what you need to do to lose weight if you're uncomfortable? Like I said, if you're happy and you're part of that body positivity movement and you're just living your biggest, your biggest life, your biggest, best life, that's fine. Do you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people who are complaining about everything not being what they want because they're bigger. That's a choice that you make medication aside, genetics aside. I was on Lexapro too. That shit made me gain weight, but it wasn't that. It was my eating habits and my lack of exercise. But, you know, regardless of your genetics, your your disabilities, I mean, even, okay, to be fair, I will take disabilities that keep you from moving and things like that or whatever. I will, that's a different category. But your medications, your whatever, they're not stopping you from eating more vegetables. I'm just saying. But anyway, that's enough of me ranting to this, like a giant rant. But there were just things that I needed to talk about and I needed to get out there because this podcast is my opinions. (laughs) But anyway, I hope you guys have a very, very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and a wonderful holiday season. And I, oh, wait. You guys have to follow me. Follow me on Instagram at Talking Headlines Pod. Follow me on Spotify at Rate Five Stars. Go subscribe to the Patreon. I'm telling you, it's only five dollars a month, and you guys are gonna get some some real content stories right there, like real stories 
from my real life. Like none of it's made up, even though it sounds like it is. It's not. Um, this last episode I did on on Friday was going through a list of 16 things that determine whether or not you are going to end up with a we're going to call it a volatile relationship, but basically a you're like if your partner does these things, they are more likely to become abusive. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash talking headlines. And I will see you guys. New Year's Day. Bye.